0: Evening. I'm about to say morning. It is the evening. I am still elated and high off of last night's victory. Welcome to another edition of the Tuesday Night Flight presented to you by the Sideline Junkie, sponsored by the Sheagles Tears. <laughs> it's me. It's me. It's the big guy, KG, along with the Colts play caller who got his first W as a play caller in the NFL on Sunday the midnight rider Ben first and foremost like we do it all this time uh how you feeling I'm good man I'm ready now we got all this going on I'm ready to go man that's good that's good um uh, man I said I had to start this off right because it's all about what has happened and what has went down what has went on with this team and the reaction, all of that, man. Washington pulls out a victory last night on Monday night football, which I, we're not accustomed to uh, winning on, on, on Monday night football. Let me just put it that way. And, you know, Ron's actually three and and0 in like Monday night setups and it's odd, ain't it? Don't it seem like we're in a parallel universe? Honestly, yeah. And you know, I gotta give hell of a shout out to DJ O Goody because he 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 kind of sort of set the tone with this one. He 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 let it be known. had to do it. i do it after every every game, before every game, and ever since I've been doing that, ever since I've been doing that, we've been playing some damn good ball. We've been playing really, really well. Now, we're going to start with the offense, and got to say this. I don't care what anybody says about Taylor Heineke. Taylor Heineke brings something to the table that we did not get from Wentz. You see, and The boss BJ, who's on special assignment tonight, he said after the post game interviews, well, the post game locker room celebration, and Ron Revere was too choked up to talk. He said, said, I've been looking for guys that will run through a wall for Ron Revere, and he looks like he has a bunch of guys that are willing to run through the wall for him right now. After seeing that, and him being overcome with emotion after that win last night, with everything that he's been through in the last week and a half, everything. Man, I was ready to lay some up and run through a wall for him last night. Not even gonna lie. But offensively, give me some of your takeaways because I've been talking so much and in, in my excitement. I'm just I got you sitting over there mute. But in in your honest opinion, offensively, give me everything you got offensively. Give me and then give me your offensive grade. Um I think we talked about it the show prior. Um, on the Sunday night rise, I mean Sunday rise I think I said something like We need needed to be a manhood issue We need a, a hero uh, And We need to make some plays We need to run this ball And control this clock Check on the manhood issue I think they dominated time of possession 40 minutes to like 19 Check on um, The hero Hero being Derek Forrest for me Yours might be different Tarantula, Jamin Davis, but let's stay on offense. So offense, I thought B-Rob had his best game to date. Part of the reason I think that is because it looks like he's starting to get comfortable again back in his, on his knee, and he's starting to look closer and closer to the running back that came out of Alabama. Um, I think he was a little tender to begin with. Um, maybe he wasn't just comfortable with the speed of the game, but he's getting there. Uh, Gibson's giving you everything he's got. Um, I'm loving him in the return game. I'm just waiting for him to break one because it's going to happen. It's not an if, it's a win. Offensively, Terry McCorn in Philly. I mean, I think he's got 100 yards in four of the eight games he's played against them. So he's like he's becoming the, the Eagles killer to an extent. You got a lot of good things out like of Curtis Samuel yesterday. I like what we did in the run game with the tight ends. My only part of my two negatives is our QB still has to be a little bit better. Um, there are just certain plays we leave on the field that we just shouldn't. And it would, it would take that time of possession. It might lessen it, but you'll get bigger plays. Um, he just misses a couple times a game and it's just, and it's just small stuff. It's really the difference between him having 211 yards and him having 260. Uh so that's what I see so far from the offensive side. Um, the other thing, uh, the sloth, um, Trey Turner, we got to do something with, man. I'm tired of watching him try to pull, and he's like he dragging a wagon, uh, 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 um, just a whole house on his back. I mean, just stop pulling the guy. And I don't know what Sadiq Charles did, whose Cheerios he peed in, but I just don't see why he's not playing when you're trying to do athletic things, but you have a guy who isn't athletic. Um, I would even like to see Cosme at, at guard. That way he will not have to worry about somebody going around him. He's got that tackle there, and maybe that helps. He can be like, like Sheriff, where he got better going from tackle to guard. So, I mean, that was, that's that's kind of my takeaway. Grade-wise, I gave the offense a B-minus. And I think it's just we missed a couple things um, in, in, the, in the passing game. In the run game, we were getting four yards. We weren't getting in negative situations, but we got to get that four to turn into eight soon. And I don't know when that's going to happen. We need that eight to turn into 10, 10 to turn into 15 or whatever, just because this league is too hard for them for you to move the ball consistently. I think we had two 14 play drives. Mm-hmm. So I just, I love it. I love the ball control of the, the offense, but. You gotta make it a little bit easier on yourself sometimes. And I think that's where I have the issue at um with the offense and maybe sometimes with the um with the QB. Because we just don't make anything easy. We will we, we'll do the long drive, and I don't mind that, but let's get some easy in there too. Go ahead, man. I'm sorry, I, I rambled a little no, bit. No, no, you good. Uh and my man Keithy from the block say, Take a man. You goddamn right, brother. Right. You're damn right. And we did. And What impressed me the most about the offense, the sustained drive, you go three and out the first one, they march down the field, they score seven. You march right back down the field and you score seven. They march back down and score seven. Then Washington ran off a series of just good back-to-back series, five straight series where they scored. I haven't seen Washington football that dominant, dare I say it, 10 years. No, take that back. Maybe – Maybe twenty fifteen with Kirk. Cause they they could keep they can move up and down the field with anybody in 2015 under Dre Gruden when Kirk finally took over the reins. We won the division. They can move with anybody. Um offensively, Taylor Heineke. Uh geez, where's my mouse? Taylor Heineke, uh 17 to 29, 211 yards and a pick. Uh, that pick. He makes a lot of throws to the middle of the field and he misses his man a lot and I see it less and less every week. And it's repetition. It's going to happen. Uh, Brian Robinson, Jr. To be so small, the boys of tank. He almost won my fantasy game for me. Single handedly. Uh, 26 carries, 86 yards and a touchdown. And if I'm not mistaken, when Philly had to go back home and they had to go back to the hotel to pick up their stuff, he put them on their back on his back and he carried them as well. <laughs> Because he carried nine guys twice. Dog, how are you this small and you this strong? Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. I love the draft pick. Antonio Gibson, 14 of 44. 14 carries, 44 yards and a touchdown. Scary Terry, we got to start calling him the eagle killer or something because he always has some of his best games against Philly. Eight catches, 128 yards. And an impassioned speech after the game. Uh, Curtis Samuel, two catches, twenty-eight yards. Uh, Deami Brown, a beautiful, beautiful catch, one for fifteen. Uh, Jahan Dotson, who was coming back off the hamstring, one for fourteen. Um, that's all he had was one. Mm-hmm. Just one. That 14. And Keith says, "I like the, the Gibson Robinson combo, man. That is, we got ourselves, we got something special." And I'm trying to think the last time we had a combo of two running backs, not a running back and a fullback, but two running backs that were this good. And I mean, I could say uh, John Riggins and Joe Washington, because you had, but even though Riggins could outrun you, he run you over first though, but you had a, you had, Power and grace because Joe Washington was outrunning you. Um, I, think, I think the Riggs, the Riggs binder combination is probably one of the better combinations. Mm. Um, but you had so many, you had Ricky Urban's in there, Brian Mitchell, and Ricky Urban was a dog in 91. You had a nice, the, the compliment one was, um, I don't know if they were really compliments, but Liddell Betts and Portis were a decent combination hmm. for a stretch. I, I, I don't like know that. They put them in this group, but I think they deserve some kind of nomination. Like, you know how it is, the honorable mentions? Mm-hmm. They honorable mention, at least. And then uh, who was the other back with Davis? I mean, Steven Davis alone was his own combo because he could hit you with everything. But I don't think yeah. we really had a back with him that was – You had Skip Hicks later on. Uh, and it wasn't skip hicks uh who was it before it was him uh because mark logan you had larry Sanders. because at one point in time stephen davis was your fullback so right. you, you had different guys that came in but stephen davis was just a load himself and then he had a whole second career down in carolina you know you his career was so good in carolina you forget about what he did in washington yep so but overall grade for the offense you said B-minus. I got to say B-plus because the consistency, the play calling, only thing I'd, only thing that stopped it from being at least an A or A-minus, the miscues with the clock. What was taking so long to get out of the damn huddle? What was taking so long to get the play called, get it sent in, get it called, get the ball snapped? You should not be coming up to the line looking over the defense with five seconds left on the play clock. I don't care who you are. You cannot do this. No, I totally agree, and I think um, my issue was the fact that um, actually I'm not going to say my my issue. I'm going to say one of the things I liked about last night was the fact that on offense we would we had a lot of little motions we were doing. We were setting up like a counter trade um, type of action a couple times. I like what we I like what Scott did. Scott got in his bag this time. He must have heard us on um, Sunday talking about him being the Rolling the wheel like it's um the Price is Right and calling his plays like that, but this time he had some consistency. I gotta give him his props um for what he did from one play caller to another. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. Uh, the only thing that really bothered me offensively, outside of the play call, I mean, outside of not getting the plays in, it just seemed like. At certain times, it was like it was almost close to reverting back to the way things used to be. You got to – and Taylor Heineke made a fucking brilliant play. Bad snap. He got outside the pocket. He chucked that thing out of bounds. Get out of here. As long as you got it back to the line of scrimmage, get out of here. Brilliant play. The offensive line, I don't know. I got – I don't know. I might have to DM West, West Swipes or something be like, bro, you work too hard to be out. No, nah, I think it's so. His the last note I saw was the injury is more serious than we than, he, than they thought, and they haven't really given you a timeline yet. I don't even know what it is to be honest with you. And then the other downside is JD is down with another neck injury, so this might not be good for him. Yeah, that's the second one in two years. You sometimes that starts making you wonder. You know, is there time for another career? Time to do something else. Right. You got to think about life after the game. All right. And uh, Keith says, uh, I'm not a huge fan, a huge Heineken fan, but he managed the game well. That's all you need him to do. You don't need him to come in and be the superstar. You just need him to come in and manage the game. Something uh, if you ever watched America's Game, and I know you've watched everyone just like I have, and Shannon Sharp said this, I want to say it was the 98 Broncos when John Elway got hurt. And They brought Bubby Bristol. and they told Bubby Bristol, look, you got the keys to the Ferrari. All you got to do is not strip the geese. It's a fine automobile. Just drive it. Don't strip the geese. Basically, don't do nothing outside of your control. Don't do nothing stupid. Right. That's all you got to tell Heineke every time. Don't do nothing stupid. Just go out there and play. But but don't do nothing stupid. But I think that's in his nature. I think he has this ability and inability to stay within the confines of what's going on. like his, it's, 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 it's like damn if you do and damn if you don't. So sometimes he gets in a situation where he's just trying to make that play because that's what he is, a playmaker. Um, and I was glad to see uh, yesterday that he had some situations where he resisted that playmaker itch and, and just made the smart play. Like exactly like the play, um, the third down at the end of the game, pretty much, where he goes down. On one need to kind of give himself up and then Brandon Graham comes in and hits him, mm-hmm. you know, he knew we couldn't have an incompletion on that. So it was no need in trying to throw the ball. Let's get down and save the clock. Another thing we had good was right before the two minutes. I think um, Philly had the punt and then they had the ineligible downfield. More time running off the clock. We made them re-kick it. So that was another situation where I think we did some little things that if they can keep that going, maybe that builds into something, and maybe there's a running here, maybe there's a stretch where you can play some really good football and get yourself back in. Well, you're back in the hunt, but maybe you can get yourself in the hunt for the division. That's true. Uh, the Keith also says that uh, that pass interference call was horrible. Which one? <laughs> it was a lot of pass interference calls and missed calls. Well, uh, When we get to defense, we'll talk about Jamin Davis and uh, his uh, fumble recovery. That should have been a touchdown because Dallas Garden didn't touch him, but we'll touch that in in the next segment. But the the, um, Jahan Dotson offensive pass interference wasn't passing interference. We we see that every Sunday. Like, that is every Sunday. That's everybody's playbook. That's everybody does that. Mm
1: -hmm. And it
0: it, it gets on my nerves that we do that and we get called for it. And then the rest of the league has – I mean, I've seen way worse where the guy actually runs into the guy. I see the guy stops at the pick. I've seen everything. Um, and it's just it's amazing when they decide to call it. And that's the only issue with these um subjective calls, is it's up to the uh, the referee's will, Yeah, and you you kind of sort of at their disposal with it. And I don't like it. I don't and I thought that was a natural pick play because he was running his route, and he got nailed. Yeah. And he threw his hands up like, damn, y'all not going to say nothing? That was a horrible call. And Keith is like actually talking about the one on St. Juice. Okay. So we'll get to that one in a second. Okay. Um, but I said B... What did I say? I said B. Uh, B... B plus. You said B minus. Right. So going over to the defense at the... Oh, and then we gave up three sacks on offense, so that was not a good look, but we, we, we're getting better. No, nah, that was way better than what they did the week before. They actually kept the tight ends in at times to help chip before going out. Um, like I said, I think Scott did a really good job of trying to, like, correct some things he did wrong. The self-scouting this week was on point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defensively and I'm not skipping over Philly. Uh, they kind of sort of held Jalen Hurts in check. Jalen Hurts was 17 to 26, uh, 175, two touchdowns a pick. Um, he six carries, uh, uh 28 yards and a touchdown. Um, for us defensively, St. Juice led us in tackles, seven tackles total, six tackles and one assist. Uh, Derek Forrest, six tackles and a pick. Um, he also had a fumble recovery and a return. And um, I, I, I think he, he he wins the the the, the manhood award. Um, Deron Payne got in there for three assists. Montez Sweat, John Allen. Uh, even John Bostick got in last night. Bostick's been solid. Yeah, he, he's always been. That's, that's why I don't understand why so many people don't like him. But he has it up here. He may not have the speed and everything you want him to have for a middle linebacker, but he has the smarts to be in the right place. That's why I like Bostic because of his intelligence and what he brings to these young guys. Yeah, but I think um early on last season he was put in some situations where he's not being put in those situations today. Um I think Del Rio is another person that benefited from some self-scouting that, that's happened or that is happening because this unit looks a lot different. And there's another reason this unit looks different, and it's number 31, it's Cam Curl. I think I think he's the most underrated player on this defense because he's the glue guy. If you pay attention, the first three weeks of the season, he was out. We gave up everything deep. We were out of position. We had issues in communication. The second he's been back, he has been the solidifier. He's got the green dot. How many safeties have the green dot, the call plays? Not many, if any. I think he's the only one in the league. Most of the time, it's the linebacker. So that says something right there just about his intelligence and says something about the fact that they know he's the guy. Uh, the other part, Derek Forrest, and we can talk about him all day. I love Derek Forrest. I think he might have some of the better stats. I know he had an interception earlier. He might be at two or three interceptions right now. I know he forced a fumble early. So um that kid, that's what you want to see when you draft a kid in the fifth round. You have him in your program, you build him up. You this is some this is something new for Washington. This is player development. It doesn't always happen this way. And I I see we got DJ O'Goody out in the audience there, so I got to do that (laughs) all day long, baby. You put out a bang, and I I, I do it every week. I got to say, left hand up, who are we? The commanders. And every time we do that, we play a damn good ball game. Now, we got a tradition here that we do this. We got to do that before every win. After every win, I don't give a damn. We win, lose, or draw. I gotta do that because if I do that, we have a good week of practice. So practice is gonna be lit this week. Guarantee you, practice is gonna be lit. Hope that everything's going good with you, Woody man. Keep doing what you're doing. Loving everything that you're doing. Absolutely love it, man. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Jamin Jamin Davis. I mean, we we came into the year not knowing what he is, who he is, and what he is. And I think finally they decided, hey. Put the put the kid in attack mode, and let's let's go. Let's see what he can do. I think he. I thought he led the team in tackles yesterday. I didn't know um, it was somebody else. But oh, I'm sorry. I, read that. I, I he did. I read that wrong. Okay. He had nine total. Yeah. I read that wrong. Yeah, he, he had, had um out. four assists. Uh, the line, I think man Monte Monte's what is probably at some point he's gonna have a three or four sack game because. Every week he's just he's just a a half step too slow, or it's not even too slow, he's just just missing that set. So I I just can see him being that guy that gets that that big game. Um Casey Tuhill and Smith Williams have been solid. Two tackles, they do their thing. I don't know who am I missing. Did I miss anybody? Uh oh, I know what you're gonna want me to say On, on defense. I know who you're gonna want me to talk about Bobby McCain, and I'll yeah. give him I'll give him his props. Bobby he McCain. played a better game this week. Bobby McCain did all right. I'll give you that one. But I mean, even right. even um, even um, Toast been playing better. So I mean, I love it when I see two nine playing like this. So hopefully, this is just like somebody said. Maybe the Will Jackson thing was addition by subtraction, and like guys got to get away from whatever he had going on in his dark cloud. And Now, guys are just they're playing loose and free. And just wait, because 35. 35 gonna get you get you something. It ain't it ain't gonna happen now. But them last three weeks of the season. Keep your eyes out for 35, Percy Butler. Mm. Um Keith says uh Fuller had a great game, yeah. And that's what he's okay. supposed to do. Kendall Fuller is supposed to have a great game because he's the number one guy. No matter how you slice, he's the number one corner. He's number one, nah, number one. Nah, number one, number one is Slick St. Juice. You giving St. Juice number one, number one? He just, he checked Jefferson last week. He's checking, um, he had Brown this week. I mean, what more can I say? Wow. Wow. I, mean, I thought he was their best corner last year, but he was just out of the position. But I think he's, yeah. Hmm. Wow. Mm, mm, mm Grades. And Are we ready for grades or we ready it? for great? Are we ready for grades? And Saint Juice is a beast. I, I didn't think he was number one, number one, but I'll give him B. I think he's one in Kendall's too thank And you. thank you. you. Number one hands down. Okay. I mean, um, I, I'm outvoted on this one. Defensive grade. I'm gonna go B plus. I I I want to give it an A, but I can't give it an A because I think if Philly has some more time or some options. Maybe that face mask gets called. I think Philly was on the cusp of doing what it wanted to do. The, only, the good thing was the offense didn't allow that because they held the ball so long. So that's the only reason I don't give this defense an A, because uh, we got the tackle, the forced fumble. They had the 19-yard drive. They came back, had another drive. And then that Quez Watkins play, that's a big play. Um, I don't know if this defense normally makes that play uh, any other time, but, but the guys we have now, uh, they're flying to the football St. Juice. I mean, we got lucky Forrest didn't tap them. If Forrest attacked them, we wouldn't have gotten that fumble. So we just got some things to break our way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, D plus. For, for, for the most part, we got things to break our way because that never happens. That never happens for us. And that late touchdown, the fumble and the recovery. Uh the the, the uh Derek Forrest fumble and recovery. The Jamin Davis, fumble and recovery, which should have been a touchdown. That should, have, that should have been it because Goddard reached for him. Goddard did not touch him. I swear he did not touch him. Well, maybe they got in the booth and figured they didn't call the face mask. So, we, yeah, we got to take – and that's what yes. I felt. That's what I felt. So, and we are on overall grades, overall grades. That's, oh, and my defensive grade is – uh I go with a B plus too. Okay. But – Overall, I'm gonna give this a B, and some of that is an average thing. But the reason I give it a B is it's con- this is like a I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it a conditional B. It's almost like you trade the draft pick, um, for a team, and like if they get a certain number of plays, it'll move the grade up. So the reason this is a conditional B is because for right now, I'm happy with the win, but I want to see how we handle the win. Going to Houston. Now if we beat Houston, and it's a good game that might move to an A or a B plus, if you get what I'm saying. Because now we need to have the maturity to go into a place. We went into the to the to the doghouse. We went into the big dog's house and took his lunch. But now we gotta go to a little Sisters of the poor and take theirs too. Like, we gotta be equal opportunity when it comes to passing out capital A W's. Yeah. And speaking of which, I say this every time we lose. I need to say it now because we won. We walked into Lincoln Financial Field, the Eagles' house. We sat down at their table. We ate their dinner. We burped in their face, goose their wife on the way out, and kicked their dog. I don't think we want to kick dogs as a show. Um, The, the sideline junkies are not advocates of kicking <laughs> dogs or any violence towards dogs. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh... I'm messing with you, man. Oh, Lord. Oh Lord, I'm, <laughs> I'm not <laughs> <there tonight. laughs> overall, man. This is the first time in a long, and I, I've been watching Washington games all my life. I've been breaking them down since maybe ninety-one, ninety. Well, ninety-one is when I could really remember looking at the stats and. Knowing what I was looking at, but really breaking it down since high school, with the boss BJ and you know sitting in art class drawing on a big piece of paper what somebody should have did in the game, we right. did that. You know we we were Pat Summerall and John Madden Jr. every Monday morning. Um, but to say Washington outgained Philly, they had more first downs, better third down efficiency, more plays, only punted twice. Time of possession was so lopsided. Washington had 40 minutes, 24 seconds of time of possession compared to Phillies, 19 minutes and 36, 36 seconds. Now, here's the thing. I thought about this during the game, and I said, overall, I think we found our identity. If we can do this every week in some form of capacity, ball control, don't try to do too much. Do enough to keep picking up first downs, long, for, long drives, 15. 16 plays, you know, you're coming away with three on that first one. Then all of a sudden the defense comes out, plays like gangbusters, forces a punt. You go back down again, you got seven. Now you got 10, you up 10 nothing. Defense plays like gangbusters again, maybe give up three. You go back down again, get another touchdown. You have consecutive drives where you just keep scoring. If it's three, if it's seven, but you keep scoring. You stop them from scoring. And, you know, the the key to the game, how you know you can win a game is when you score more points than the other team. Right. That's all we got to do. Whether we score one point more or we score 100 points more, just score more points than the other team. Because if they can score more points than we got, then we lose the game. So I'm
1: just –
0: Oh, oh, not overall, but hold on. This got to be said because this this has to be – Dude, you, you. I was coming. I was giving special teams his own section. Oh, you want special teams in his own section? Let me let me bring that back down because I got something to say about that too. We'll do special teams, but overall grade for the whole entire team, a B plus plus, plus a B plus. I actually, supposed to get you a B plus, but I'm gonna give them an A minus because coaching staff and their preparation and how they did it. I got to get a coaching staff. The coaching staff at least an A because they they prepared well. They took what they had and they said, let's do what we do best. And I think we also found an identity. And Keith says A minus overall. I'm not mad at that. I am not mad at that. I'm loving it. I am loving it. What you got overall? And then we'll go to special teams. Oh, I told you, I'm a conditional B. Conditional B overall. Yep. Uh, and uh, I need to I need to see the, the progression. And that's all it's about because I think this team has an opportunity. But the way this schedule lays out, you get, if I remember off the top of my head right, it's, it's Houston, then it's um, Atlanta, and then somewhere in the mix comes up the two giant games, then it's like the Browns, and then maybe, I forget the rest of that, but still, that you got so much in front of you.
1: And like we got you got the Cowboys
0: again, too. You have your destiny. Like This is the manifesting of your destiny. You have your destiny in front of you. So it, it's 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 not it's not anything that you have to think about. I mean, was, what do they say? Um, for whom the bell tolls, the bell tolls for thee. Well, this is that situation we're in. That bell is tolling. Are we going to answer that bell? I ain't mean to give you some Hemingway. But, you know. <laughs> well, because they're so special, and they played so special last night. Let's talk about the special teams. And here's my thing. And I, I'm gonna say this. Keith's already alluded to it. Let me put that back up. Right, Joey Sly, his new nickname is Nigel Gruff. He is okay. the lead. If you, if, for those that don't know, go watch the replacements with Keanu Reeves, uh, Gene Hackman. It's about the, the. Actually, it was actually about the Washington Redskins, loosely based on the Washington Redskins' '87 strike season. Right. But Shane Falco and I, I. What did I say? What have I been calling Taylor Heineken the last couple of weeks? He's Stain my Shane Falco. And now he is my Nigel Gruff. Daggone, Jamin Davis is my daggone, he's my Danny Bateman. Oh, boy. I, I, going I, I, the I warm see warm that red. Going <laughs> I, I want to run like a bull, you know? All we need is an Earl. And shit, Cam Carl could be Earl Wilkinson. You know, good Christian boy like him, he ain't even do nothing. Police just rolled up on him. But anyway... That's one. one of my favorite movies, but, um, honestly, Joey Sly. <laughs> hey, Keith, I was getting ready to say that. And that's why he likes Sly. Cause you know, that's his cousin. That's his, that's his cousin. That's his cousin. And, 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 that's you know funny. what the dude, he came out and they was like, well, his career high is this. And he booted that thing from 58. I said, Oh my God. I said, I probably, he probably said on the sideline, give me the ball. And I kicked the bloody piss out of it. And he put it through. And he still had room to spare. And all I could think, I was like, yo, we got a kicker. We got a goddamn kicker. We When the last time we had a kicker? Nick Novak? No, you had. So so this is the problem, I think. Like, this team, the fan base doesn't have patience with kickers. We'll get a kicker. Kicker can miss two field goals. Like, oh, he's killing us. Dude, he missed two. Like, I think when we cut Dustin Hopkins, he was 12 or 14 um, last year. Don't don't n- let me not forget D Hop because I still follow him on Instagram. He's still my man. You know, D- D- last time we had a kick- kicker was D Hop. You know, so he had he, and he's had a nice run. I mean, the problem with kickers is they're they're hot and cold at times. Sometimes you just gotta give them a way a time to figure it out. I mean, I've seen Mason Crosby be in this league for a long time, and he's had a couple times where he's had like these four miss in one game and then come back and kick the rest of the year like it's nobody's business. So Kicker-wise, Joey Sly, I'm not going to lie to you. When that 58-yarder, he came out, I was like, because, uh, you know, Joey Sly gets a little too amped up. He got a little too much um, – I don't even know what it is, but he got too much energy. He got too much hype, you know what I'm saying? So so I, I worry about him sometimes when they come to those big kicks. But he nailed both of them. Uh, and then after that, uh, my man, Trust Wade. Trust Wade taking the big hit early and coming back and still kicking, man. Uh I think we're in a good space uh, overall, especially with Gibson returning the kicks. My only issue now is Mill. He played better. He's been playing better. But I think he needs to, like, sit down, maybe call a B-Mix, maybe call somebody like a Mike Nelms because it's something he's not doing. He doesn't look sure when he catches the ball. It's like he's guessing. And as long as you guess, you're always going to guess wrong. Like, he just got to get it and go. And I think that's his downside. But the other part is this coverage team. Um, I've been saying this for a couple of weeks. You know it, KG. The coverage team is coming out. They they hunting. They hunting for blood. Like, they are wolves. I mean, this is the one point in time I wish we may have gone with the name Red Wolves because I would have howled for the special teams the way these <laughs> dudes are coming down like dogs and hitting people. Man, they hitting people in the mouth. They don't care. And you can hear it. The hit, you'll hear somebody get hit, and then you hear the guys in the background, whoo, whoo, like Jeremy Reeves getting up big time. Another guy you keep hearing me talk about, Percy Butler. Like we're so much faster than we've ever been, and it's going to just keep. I mean, we can keep that energy and keep that going. Like our units, our team is going to take a jump. It's just a matter of time, man. And you know what? You talk about that woo lick. Yeah. And every everybody go woo when they see a lick. Thank you, Ray Rose, for that because that's where it came from when he was with San Francisco everybody loves a woollet and that and I was thinking about Ray Rose earlier today I said you know Ray Rose never really got a real shot at coaching he should have been a coach here years ago I think Philly. Really? yeah he had a good but then after that and then he went to uh he was eight and eight with the Packers, and then they fired him for uh after home when they fired him for uh um, McCarthy was it McCarthy, McCarthy or Sherman Sherman I think it was Sherman okay but no, he never really got it. And after that, he never really got another look. He was just a coordinator. That's, that's that's just the, the system there. You get your one shot. Graham Gano. Yeah, Graham Gano. Yeah, the problem good. was he got – we didn't give him the shot he needed here. He got good when he left and we ended up in Carolina. Yeah. Same thing with – um. I hate Millers back here. Yeah, um, uh yeah. was Dax. Yeah, I don't like Dax back. He, Dax just seems seem like he's not fast enough. No, right now he's catch the ball. We had the year with Steve Sims where Sims was explosive, but he didn't catch the ball, and that cost him a couple games. So I think they are erring on the side of being conservative with this, even though I think Alex Erickson might be a little bit better at it. But, you know, sometimes it's just about making sure we keep possession of football. That's more important than the big return. And maybe next year they'll go out and, you know, you find a kid that's a punt returner, at some school, and then you know that becomes your guy. But right now we're we're not we don't have that. And that's the one thing I don't understand why we can't find it. Like you you can find I mean retirement. There's so many if you just watch college football, you know, there's guys that are just for four years great retirement, and they mm-hmm. all you gotta do is just take them late. Yeah, I draft pick on a give seventh round. Give me a guy that's that's all he does is return kicks. I don't care. That's, that's kind how of sort I'm of, important that part of the ballgame should be for you.
1: That's and kind of sort of, of my Madden
0: strategy. You know what I'm saying? That's how you get your gunner. You get another gunner with him and Percy Butler, now you run it. I mean, I seen the Yami out there as a gunner. So it's just, yeah, man. That, that That's my Madden strategy. Find me a, uh, a, 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 a kick returner or a pump returner in, in, in the draft late and be like, yep, I'll take this guy. That's the only reason why I won him. That's all he good for. He mm-hmm. could be he could be a receiver and then I might use him to blow the top off the defense because he got like a 97-98 speed and I'm just hey chuck the ball out there. Oh. The kid in Dallas, Turpin. Yeah. Perfect. And I was getting ready to say something DeAndre about DeAndre not, Carter. I, I don't think DeAndre would have the opportunity here. I think he I think I'm I'm happy he actually left because I think Doxon would take a lot of his touches and only thing he would be around in is in the kick game. And I think he wanted a little bit more opportunity than that. I, I wish we would have kept him though. I do. I do but I, but I, I mean, I get what that you say. Re- perfect return, man, in that scenario because we would definitely have much better returns than what we have right now. But I think this guy is getting opportunities because nobody, Keenan Allen's out. And I think um, Mike Williams is out. So he's getting number two receiver looks now. Number, yeah, number two receiver looks. Yeah. It's him, Joshua Palmer. So yeah, he's he enjoying the good life. And Monica Thornton says, "Hey, hey, up, big sis. <laughs> uh, here's my thing, and then we'll 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 we'll, we'll go ahead and get out of here. We're getting out of here. Or you gonna ask the million dollar question? Oh, well, I mean, I, I I I I I didn't know if you wanted to cover that because I I I, I say yes. What are we talking about here, man? Does Heineke continue to be the starter, even though Wentz is right. coming back? Now we got the elephant of the room. I felt like <laughs> I felt like Baker Mayfield in the um in the Heisman commercial because mm. the elephant's in the room. The elephant's in the room. Um, yeah, I think it's his job right now until he struggles, until we get a stinker. Like he I think he has to have a game where he costs us the ball game. It looks like the first half versus the Packers. I th- that's the type of game he has to have in order for this not to continue. He's three and one. The other starter is two and four. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like you caught magic in a bottle. I don't know how long that magic is going to last. So because of that, I'm going to go ahead and just fi- figure this out. Let it play itself out. But here's so, my, what? Here's my question to you. You see, and I said this last season, I said it at the beginning of this season. You see a different ball club when Heineke's the starter. It's like those guys are more willing to accept Heineke and say, Hey, we're going we gonna to run with this cat, we're going to go with him. It seems like they're more willing to go. He and he can always find Scary Terry. Remember, we said it where's Scary Terry with Wentz. Why is Wentz not comfortable with Scary Terry? Dwayne was comfortable with with with, with Keenan was comfortable with McLaurin. Everybody that's been here has been comfortable with McLaurin except Wentz, and that's been a it was a problem for me. It was a problem for the boss, BJ, Heineke, He's not staring down Terry because he's like, I got Terry over there, but I got Jahan here. I got Cam in the middle, but I also got Dax. I got uh uh uh, uh um Dayami. I can still hit John Bates. I got Amani Rogers. Oh, I can also hit this guy out the backfield, whether it be Brian Robinson or or Antonio Gibson. I got weapons. He's like, I'm going to spread the ball out. He said, I don't care about this. He, he's like Trent Dilfer in 2000. I don't care about this route combination that if we call a play and Terry comes open, uh, open first, the ball's going to Terry. We come back, we call another play. Terry open again, the ball's going to Terry. I'm trying to find who's open. I don't care about who's trying to get stats. I'm trying to win. And that's the difference because he's trying to win. And I'll take – what did he have uh, uh, last night? 17, 17 to 29 to 11? 11. I'll take that over 31 to 36, 337, three touchdowns, a pick, and a loss. I got you. I mean, I think the star of this stretch on offense – coming down the last four games, it's going to be Logan Thomas. You, ha- you haven't seen him yet in the passing game. You haven't seen him featured too much. And I think some of that, because when I looked at him um, early on in the season, I didn't see the same Logan. He didn't look explosive. And it didn't help that he had the calf injury. So I think once Logan gets settled and gets his legs under him, I think he's another guy. And, and, and that's kind of scary because we keep adding people to the mix of weapons. And I think that's going to be the next thing is he's going to take his step and then that's going to elevate this offense even more. And Keith just brought up a good point. Wentz would go for 400 yards and two TDs and we lose. That's, that's, and that's what I'm saying. i rather than have that. And it's pretty, but I say this every year and I've said it for years. It's a quote from white men can't jump. I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. I got you. I, I, I can't. And it. don't get me wrong. I was like, Carson Wentz, and that's why I say what I say early in the season. Carson Wentz is leading the league. He's top three in the league in passing yards and touchdowns and this, that, and the third. But we're one and four. That's a problem. This team should at least be four and one if he's passing like that. Something is a disconnect somewhere. But that's when your defense was still a sieve. Your defense, this is like, there are little things in this game that once you start fixing certain holes, um, everything else gets better. And I think one of the things that they patched up was once you got Curl in, Curl gave everybody else a lot of freedom. Um, the kid can play linebacker. He plays safety. He plays corner. He's the human eraser. And it's he's one of those guys, personally, this offseason, I go I go to the office with the GMs. I'm like, look, we got to just keep this kid here no matter what. I know it's this is, what, year three for him or year four? Yeah, this will be year four coming up him So I need him signed because I don't want him playing off his rookie deal. I don't want to get into a situation where we're talking and he's like he wants to get franchised. No, I don't want none of that conversation. I don't want his contract going out before I get a chance to talk to him. I, I call him in March, put my arm around him, sit him down. We get, we get a couple beers and we, we talk this out and we get this done. He's one of those guys you got to have. He's the brick. He's one of the cornerstones in this foundation. You got Terry on one corner. You got him on one. You got John Allen on another. And depending on who you ask, it might be Payne or it might be – Um, did I, say Terry? If I yeah. didn't say Terry? I did say Terry. All right. Mm-hmm. So, like, whatever we got, something – you got these cornerstones, and you got to keep building that building up. And I agree. I agree. And uh, Keith says um, he only cared about his stats. One thing I couldn't stand watching him is that we, we would be losing – and he'd be on the sideline smiling, and you know what's crazy? I've seen that from, from Wentz, but the bad part about it nobody ever says anything. But now, if that was Dwayne, everybody and their mama was on that about him. Oh, why are he talking about he had a 300 yard game? He had a first 300 yard game of his career. It's excitement, it's called youthful exuberance, and people ripped him for it. He wound up getting benched behind that. Nah, Dwayne got benched because he wasn't taking care of the little things. You don't go. I tell people all the time, there's a difference between a performance bench and a bench because your coach doesn't like what you do during the week. You don't go from one to three. I I don't know if we were doing shows together then or not. um, No, no, because I I think we would have butt heads on that because – All day long, all day long. when When it came to Dwayne Haskins, I was willing to fight people over Dwayne Haskins because I knew the potential. I knew he had it. And I said he, he was drafted into a bad situation with a coach that didn't want him. And everybody said, oh, he looks so uninterested. Because you're talking to another player. You're not talking to your first-round draft pick. And everybody laughs at me when I say this. If he would have been able to work with Jim Zorn his rookie year, just offseason season work, just go work with Jim Zorn. No, let me rephrase that. In between his rookie and his second year, if he would have worked with Jim Zorn, you would have seen a better quarterback. You would have seen Ohio State Dwayne. That threw for 5,000 well, yards. You've seen that, that decision. So, his rookie year, he's he has Jay. Second mm-hmm. year, is that Jay or is that second year with Ron? No, remember Callahan. Well, no, Callahan finished that year. No, Callahan finished his second year. That was his second year. Hold on, let me let me get this right. Double check that because I didn't know he had a full um, offseason with the offense. Because if I'm not mistaken, I thought he came into his second year with Ron, which was a new offense and a new setup. Hold on. Hold on. Let me get this right. Because Ron, the one that cut him. 2019, he came in week four. Um. Da-da-da-da-da. Yeah, because he, 2020, he so came he 2019, in. 2019, 2020. Yeah. And then they All let right. him go so in 2020. That's, so, that's yeah. The, that's the first thing that hurt him is you go from, a, even though you had a coach that didn't want you, The bigger issue for me is you go from one offense to another. But look at the difference between him under Jay as opposed to him under Callahan. He played freer under Callahan, which is one of the reasons why I was like, okay, you're going to bring in another coach. Let Callahan stay because number one, what Callahan did with the offense. It wasn't Callahan. It was Kevin. But come on. I think it was was O'Connell. I, mean, honestly, I think it was Callahan as well because Callahan – I'm not going to nah, say Callahan, Callahan coddled him, but he, he, he took him under his wing. He talked nah. to him. Because Callahan played games like he had a golf appointment at 4 o'clock. So at a 1 o'clock start, the game was over at 3.15. So, nah. That's the only reason I don't want <laughs> to any props, man. Like, you can't tell me trying to be creative with the the, the quarterback and, you know, we've run the ball 800 times and average two yards of carry. and Nah. I just, I just felt he played better under Callahan. And I was like, okay, you can't Jason Campbell this kid. And that's a good, look, that's a good qualifier with that. Yeah, and but we, we, we say that here about every quarterback we come across. You can't Jason Campbell these guys. And what we mean is, you cut, you bring him in, and then he's in the offense first year. Then he's in another offense next year. He got another coordinator the year after that. Then he brings somebody like Al Saunders brings in their nine hundred page playbook. And you got to learn that, and that's a thick piece of beef that you got to try to chew through. Then you get a guy that has no offensive coordinator experience, but has great work with 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 quarterbacks, and you have the best statistical career of your the best statistical season of your career. And then they change the offense again because they bring in the bingo caller. You see what I'm saying? You can't do that to these guys. They're but human that's beings. Also part of poor ownership, but yeah, it, I mean, it is. I think, I think, I think the, the situation with with Dwayne was just um, – I think he came into a bad situation, but I think he also – like, he just – he made it harder on himself than it needed to be. Like, just taking care of a couple of things, dying some I's, crossing some T's in certain situations, and I think it would have been better for him. And, 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 like, little stuff. Like, I think – I don't think Ron may have been mad because he was happy about the 300-point game-yard game. I mean, yard game. But it's it's all right. So what else? Like, what else do you want from this? You, did we win? If we won, okay. If we didn't win, then why are we happy about this? Um, but hell, when we won. People are still, still upset. You. Hold on, hold on. And I still don't think that. I mean, that's that's one of many. I mean, we're not even talking about the selfie. Well, he didn't even come to close out the game. You you yeah. Roll your eyes all you want because if I was Kirk, at that game, dog. I Kirk was there. Cousins. If Kirk Cousins was there getting signed to somebody's autograph or taking a selfie, everybody would have been pissed and made a noise about it. No, they wouldn't. Like, yes they would because no, yes, it's not what you do as a quarterback. The quarterback is the thing. leader and the, 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 the person that runs the program. He is the sample, he's the tone setter. And if you're, you're setting my tone by taking a selfie, I got a problem. Let me let me explain something to you. You can explain all you want. No, I no no I'm 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 gonna say this because even though we we are We're in the same generation. You have to understand youth for exuberance. You just won your first NFL game and it was in dramatic fashion. We hey, didn't know the, the, the off, we didn't know the defense was going to get the ball back that fast. He's celebrating on the sidelines not only with the teammates but with the fans behind the bench. People got mad because he took a goddamn selfie. Dog, he just won his first fucking game. You know how oh, happy oh, that oh. was? Oh ho oh, oh, ho oh. ho. You're the same guy that had a problem with the Lakers celebrating Darvin Ham's first win. So which one is it? Was he throwing champagne? Was he was he popping? No, they like just threw water on him. So you can't. Okay, okay. So you can't after the win. I mean, it's it's exuberance. I'm asking the question. Who's after exuberance? the you got a black coach who wins his first game of his career. You can't celebrate him, but this guy can take a selfie. Because he was standing on the sideline. But the sidelines ain't that close to the to, to the stands. Pre-COVID, yes, they were. Okay. You didn't have that far to go on the Reds at the time, the redskin sideline. You didn't have that far to go. Okay. But everybody lost so their damn mind. We know where you stand at. If a youthful exuberance works for one, but doesn't work for the other. But it ain't youthful exuberance when you got the, 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 the best player on the planet right now. In year twenty, and y'all just winning your first game. What are y'all like, two and, two and eight, two and nine? Like, come on now, two and ten. No, I think three and ten because they beat mm-hmm. Brooklyn. But y'all, it's a long season. It's eighty two. Yeah. We'll, we'll we'll get into that too because I, I want to dig into this dag on uh, this Laker thing. But anyway, here we go. We, we always do it. Mm-hmm. Look at the time clock. Look, let's. Where's my pen at? It's, let's put a pen in it. Anywho, well, is the wrap up wrap that shit up, B. Final thoughts on this Washington thing cuz we didn't talked about Dwayne Haskins kickers. Man, final thing uh my final thought is if Washington keep this going, you got a not so good Texans team next week. Uh after that you got Atlanta. So you got two games. You could put yourself at set we could possibly in 3 weeks be sitting at 7 and 5. Now, mathematically, I think we got the last playoff spot. Mathematically, No, nah, it's San for him. Strength of um, strength of schedule. Okay. Okay. So, but we still in the hunt, right? You, you're right there. I mean, you ate, but you ate because of some cockamamie rule about strength of schedule, and then you and get know. how things play out. I mean that that, that never came into play until uh these newfangled rules came in. Cause that didn't come into play normally strength of schedule and points and all that didn't come into the last weekend. But anyhow, we could be sitting at seven and five in two weeks. And Keith just said it. Houston could be a trap game. Damn it. Keith, I was, yo, he killing me, man. <laughs> he on point today though, because no, because what I was going to say is if you remember that gift or that, um, I think it was an orange head dude in Star Wars. And he's like, it's a trap. Like I'd have, yeah, this is, this is the game, the Houston game. This is why I said conditional B because this is a trap game. And do we have the maturity as a football team to take this to that next level where now we're being six and five. Now we're building. Now we're getting some more momentum. Now we go to Atlanta. We got um, we got, there it is. We got to stay level headed. You know, you go into Atlanta and I, I think Atlanta's more dangerous than everybody else. But that's a little bit of bias. And I think the only issue is Mariota. If Mariota can just come in and play decent QB for a little bit with Cordero Patterson and, and those guys, I, I think they're gonna be a problem for us. And I, and I and I and I and I'm waiting to see that. But yeah, you come out seven and five. That's exactly where I had them at. I had us at seven and five. We got there a little different, but you gotta do your job and be the worst teams the best example of what Keith is talking about is the New York Giants. Mm-hmm. New York Giants has gone out and taken care of business, and they took all the layups. Because even though New York would be on the schedule, and the other team like we got New York, New York like we got them, New York ended up winning. So, yeah. So, and you got to come out of New York with a split. Keith says, uh, we could go from beating the best team to losing to the worst team in the league right now. Yeah. And you know well, we've what? We've always done that. It, it, it's, it's like this. Even though we're at 500, you can look down and see how far you can fall. Right. The bottom could fall out of this season. What do we got? Seven games left of this season. We didn't play 10. No. We got yeah. seven games left. So it, it could be either 12 and 5 or 5 and 12. Because you could lose the rest of the way, or you could win the rest of the way. So so that's why I'm big on this Haneke piece. Um, is I'm big on momentum, I'm big on team chemistry. Uh, I've lived through watching the team. With potential, and we just not live up to our potential um, and have a bad season. So, when stuff like this comes up, I, I get concerned, and I'm really concerned that somebody's gonna let the 28 million we're spending become more important than the momentum we're building. And I hope that's not the case. But uh, jeez, man, I, I tonight it's always a great show after a win. I will say that. It's always it's a great show. You know, it's it, it's easy to go off on tangents and argue. We're going to argue off air, though. No, we're going to do it on air, because you know me. I always <laughs> say it's content. Everything is content, baby. Uh, oh, man. I got a couple full letter words that I can't use, you know. I'll uh, just text me those. I'm good <laughs> for it. Let's go. <laughs> but, uh, oh, don't forget about that. And Keith brought up another good, good point. Big Chase coming back this Sunday should be good. You know, he's gonna be on limited, he's gonna be on the pitch count. Right. But if he nah. comes back. Is Philly grass or was that is that the field turf? Philly is field turf. Yeah, then if that's the case, I'm glad they held him out last week. Yeah. Cause that's I'd it rather, everybody. No, no, Philly's Philly's grass, because I saw a bunch of dirt kick up. Okay. So they got seeds. Okay, then they sold seeds then. Okay. Well, all right. that's all our time. Uh, thank you everybody for joining us. And as usual, yeah, yeah Keith was on point tonight. Thank you uh, DJ O Goody for the Commander song. Thank you for popping in tonight. Man, just damn, let's ride high on this win. Like, right friend. now, Alexa, play Riding High by Phase o, please. i please. I'm riding high right about now. But until next time, that's the Colts play caller, formerly known as the Midnight Rider. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm the going back guy, to Midnight Rider on Thursday. Oh, but you got to change it back on Sunday because you got to call plays again. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I got to keep, I'll bring my play sheet. <laughs> I'm the big guy, KG. We don't do no overtime. We are out of here. <laughs>